0: Hey Emily. Hey Stephanie. You uh want to do a podcast?
1: Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 35, Be Confident Queen, where we talk to your confidence cheerleader, mom, women empowerment speaker, curvy model and confidence coach, the confident mompreneur herself, Kiri.
2: Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So nice to be here. <laughs> thank you
1: so much for being here. Side note, nobody heard all of this debacle, but I kept getting her name wrong, which is like a big no-no in the just Stephanie world. So thank you for correcting me, Curious Curie.
0: I also love that we've attempted to record this like three times and then had to do the opening twice. I, I think it's just pretty perfect. It says a lot about us <laughs> in the best way. So my first question for our guests is always what made you get into this field
2: I think like most great things it all came from my own personal experiences <laughs> which talking to a lot of other moms and, and stuff that seems to be the case is we usually tend to gravitate towards the things that we need the most and so that's kind of been my journey is just like I lost myself For a while, didn't really have any confidence in myself, and had to go through the journey of rebuilding that and refinding that. And so, I want to help other people that are going through that journey, maybe make it a little bit easier on them than it was
0: for me. I love that. We like when people help other people, especially when they've learned a lesson themselves, and then they're able to be like, learn from my mistakes and don't repeat them. I think that's really special. And like Stephanie said in the first opening, mompreneur, it's such a great. Word. I think it's a really special word because moms, in themselves, being a mom is a job and being an entrepreneur is just adding stuff on the plate. You got to cook, you got to clean, you got to take care of the kids. And then on top of everything, you're also doing and living your own dream. I think it's pretty beautiful.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of layers within being a mom for I mean, you're a woman, you're sometimes a wife, you're sometimes, you know, a parent, like there's all of these things that go into it and so many different layers kind of pack. And that's why I love, like, my podcast is The Confident Mom For and we talk about literally all of those different things. We talk about business a little bit, but we also talk about just being a woman or, you know, relationships or, you know, just all of these different things. So it's kind of nice to be able to wrap it all into one (laughs) concise little term.
1: I also think too, moms get a bad rap because how often have you heard, oh, well, how hard is it to be a stay at home mom? It's like extremely hard. You are quite literally raising a human being to not be a Butthole. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to raise them to be good humans and to do good things. So, yes, it's a lot of work. And you're not just solely focused on the child, you're having to probably cook, feed them, feed yourself, clean. I mean, and there's other household chores that need to be done as well. And if Solely what we're looking at, right? The term stay at home mom, all of that tends to fall under that category. And so for people to be like, oh, how hard is it to push a stroller, which I've heard people say before, I'm like, they're raising a child like a human. Like you were a kid once and your mom had to raise you. (laughs) So (laughs) it is probably, and I still hold by this, one of, if not the hardest job in the world is to be a good parent. 'Cause anybody can just have pop out a kid. But to actually be a good parent, that's a really tough job.
2: I one hundred percent agree. It is the world's hardest job. Like I was a stay at home mom for only a few months from when I first had my son. And it was so hard. I was like, I would much rather go to work, honestly, than <laughs> do this full time. This is way harder than it is trying to be a parent and, you know, run a business. And- or be an employee or do all of these other things on top of it. Like it can get really overwhelming through these really facts. And that's what I really aim to do, is like really build a community for those people. Cause sometimes like you get so busy trying to be a mom, trying to be a partner, trying to be, you know, all of these different things that you kind of lose yourself in a mix.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think probably one of my biggest fears in the what if of having kids, I'm like, I don't want to lose myself. So I always applaud people that are able to like put people in kind of different places, different boxes so that they're able to still find themselves do the things they love, but also be a good parent. Like, I I think it's like kind of a trifecta triangle sort of thing, because it is, it's it's a hard job. And it's, I think, really easy to lose yourself in that job where you just become mom, dad, or, you know, caretaker, and you forget like, oh, wait a minute, me, myself, and I, though, I feel this way. I want to do this.
2: Absolutely. I think, and the the thing is, like, I think men are way better at doing that and, like, separating their bits of life into different boxes than women are. We tend to, like, think of everything together. So when I'm thinking about my business, I'm not just thinking about my business, but how it's going to impact my family, how it's going to impact my social, life, all of these different things, too, where a man's like, Okay. I go to my job this time to this time. I don't really think about anything else while I'm there. This time is set for social. This is time for family, whatever. But as women, we like to just like try and handle everything all at once, all the time.
1: <laughs> Do you think that's something that we're taught as young girls? Do you think that's like just a an upbringing?
2: Absolutely. I think 100% it is in the way that we are taught to grow up. We're taught to think about everybody else all the time instead of ourselves. We're taught not to be selfish, right? Selfish is a terrible, terrible thing. Don't ever be selfish. Don't, you know, do anything for yourself. If you're working, that's fine, but make sure that your family still comes first, right? So definitely, I think it's 100% in the way that we're taught to grow up in, you know, young boys versus young girls.
0: Steph and I always used to say like this idea of healthy, selfish, being selfish for yourself, for your own sanity, I think is so important. I don't think, I think selfish has this really negative connotation because that's what we heard growing up, but I think I'm hoping that we can change that message that dialogue, what it means, and make it like healthy, selfish a word, because I think it's uber important to do that. Like you need five minutes, take five minutes. Like five minutes is five minutes. And as we all know, in the morning when the alarm you wake up and you're like, oh, I still have five minutes. You're like golden. Five minutes is amazing. So it can really five minutes can change your day. And sometimes you really just need to say, no, I I I need to be selfish for me and take five minutes.
2: Absolutely. I am definitely trying to reclaim the word selfish and take it from that negative connotation to one that's positive and empowering for women because I think it's really important to empower ourselves to take care of ourselves first because we can't take care of everybody the best of our ability if we're not taking care of ourselves first.
1: And you know what's interesting? There are some women who if you're in certain scenarios where a woman has done the work to be healthy selfish and let's just say selfish, let's just take the whole word as it is. You're like, oh wow, she's being so selfish by doing X, Y, and Z. And I have found from personal experience that is coming from like a jealousy within myself that she's able to set that boundary or she's able to do that thing that I want to do, but I'm taking everybody else's feelings into consideration. You find out 10 times out of 10 that she's setting a boundary. That's what that is. It's like a lot of times what looks selfish is a healthy boundary it is something I think we should as women start taking that word back. And I, I do think we're kind of getting there a little bit. I feel like you're seeing it a lot more now where women are just like, no, I'm not doing that. You can do it.
0: Well, I know another word that we kind of learn as we're growing up is the idea of confidence, which kind of brings me to my second question of what does confidence mean to you?
2: Confidence to me, I feel like you're right. Most people, when they think of confidence, think of like one thing, and that's just like kind of the outward appearance of confidence, you know, the way that you dress or the way that you speak or any of those like physical type things that you can see on the outside. But I think real true confidence has to come from inside of us. It comes from the core of our being, knowing who we are, having those healthy boundaries, finding that healthy selfish, and, you know, just being able to. Live life in a way that we feel happy with. That's confidence to to me. It's an
0: interesting word when you hear it when you're younger, and just I think as women we have a really hard journey with that word, and we're like, "Am I confident?" I don't. And then when we meet people that are like uber confident, like my friend Sam, who was on the podcast a long time ago, she was the stage combat coach. I mean, she is the most confident person I've ever met in my entire life, and I'm just like, "How?" Are you this way? Like it just blows my mind when people are so confident that they literally walk into a room and everyone's like, "Who are you?" Like that's the energy that she has, and it blows my mind. Like I feel confident in my own way. It's just a very different way. It's not everybody turns to look at me. It's very like I know who I am, and that's my confidence. That's where mine comes from. So then, where does your confidence come from, Kiri?
2: I definitely agree with you one hundred percent. Confidence looks. So different on every person. And that's totally okay. For me, I'm definitely more of an extroverted person. So I love to show up confidently in the way that I look and speak. I love being able to go and speak in front of groups of people and kind of have that like air of when I walk into a room, like I bring the power, you know, kind of thing. But for some people that are more introverted, it shows up in a totally different way than it does for me. And I think it's also important to note that confidence can show up differently in you as a person too as you grow and change and develop.
1: I think I said this the first round when we tried to do this interview. So I feel like I need to bring it up again. I'm having deja vu. (laughs) Confidence isn't always loud. Sometimes it's very quiet. And that is my misconception growing up. I always thought the louder you were, the more confident you were. And oftentimes you'll find that sometimes the louder somebody is, the more insecure they are. And so I like to pay attention to people who, especially women, who have this quiet confidence about them. They know who they are. They don't have to sit here and try to make you feel a type of way. If you like it, great. If not, great but they're set on what they need to do and who they are and it's really that it to me is like oh you're an enigma what can I learn from you so I the quiet confidence don't knock the quiet confidence
2: yeah I 100% agree I think we could all like probably point out those people that like tend to look confident on the outside like they have the looks they have the cars they have like all of these things but inside they're like dying and have no idea who they really are, right? We all know that person. So I don't think that there is a good way to be confident versus a bad way to be
1: confident. How do we start working towards self-confidence?
2: I think the number one thing that you can do is just start figuring out who you are. Like, feeling apart the layers of yourself because we all start with like a core being of who we are. But then, you know, societal expectations, family, life, religion, like all of these different things kind of like maybe change that or add different layers to it or whatever. So it's like really starting to unpack, okay, who am I versus what I've been taught. And so once you actually unpack all of that and figure out who you are at your core, it's like okay. Now I need to learn to appreciate who I am at my core, which sometimes is really hard. Sometimes I don't like all of the pieces of myself, right? (laughs) But I have to learn to appreciate what they can do for me and learn how to use them in better ways, even the parts of me that I don't like. And learn to work with myself instead of try and force myself into being something that I'm not. And so really I think that comes down to a lot of like inner work, a lot of like meditation, a lot of journaling, a lot of, you know, gratitude practices are big for me. There's just like a lot of little things that we can add into our days that really help us to find our confidence and then build it too.
1: That sounds like when you align with your values, like what is your value system? And they change because I think there's this idea that like once you've achieved confidence you've achieved all your ultimate form. And the truth is it's just like thoughts, just like emotions, they come and they go. They don't ever live in this permanent state of bliss or euphoria. You're not permanently confident, but you have more skills built up to be confident more times than you're not. And so I think that's that goes along with the values. Would you say that's pretty pretty true the core, like your core and your values kind of align with one another
2: yeah i i definitely agree and like you said those can kind of change over time too like a person i was as a confident you know young teenager maybe had different values than the the person i am now but that isn't necessarily a bad thing and i mean like recently for me i've just gone through a divorce which like shakes your confidence in a whole bunch of different ways. Right. So now I'm having to rebuild myself and figure out who I am outside of a marriage now, which is a totally different person than I was before. So it's always constantly shifting, changing, adjusting. You just have to kind of do the work to figure out who you are now and go from there
0: and realize it will maybe change tomorrow. And that's totally okay. I think that's kind of amazing that you can kind of be these different parts of yourself, these different facets, and yet they can still change and and flow within themselves. And I I think that's pretty special.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. Like my coaching program that I do with people, we focus specifically on like different areas of your life. So it's like, okay, finding confidence in work. And how do we do that? Finding confidence at home. And then finding confidence like in your body, and your mind. So they're all like basically different units within my coaching program because I think it's so interesting to kind of tear apart each piece and see where the confidence within each of them comes because it's totally different from one another.
1: What are you still working on in your confidence journey? Because you did mention you were going through a divorce and there's a new layer now being presented. Is that what you're mainly focusing on and what does that look like for you? Yeah,
2: right now, it's definitely that. It's like, okay, well, I've been a wife for seven years. And now it's like, okay, well, I have to find myself outside of that now. So what do maybe potential relationships look like now? And how am I going to go into those in a way that I'm not losing myself in another relationship? Because, you know, it's something that happens. And I definitely feel like I lost myself in my last relationship a lot so it's like okay refining those bits of me that i lost in that previous one and going into new relationships and knowing what i want from them in a very different way and also like rebuilding my relationship with my son now as a single mom versus like a dual parent kind of relationship so it's all just like I'm constantly changing, learning new things, trying different things to figure out what's going to work best for me in this new period of life.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, because I think sometimes as women, we get this idea that once we fall in love, it's permanent forever. That's it. And if you're like my family who is extremely traditional. There's a kind of a running joke, not in my family, but I think just in general I've heard this joke that like the Italians will stay together until they die even if they hate each other. And so sometimes you'll see people and you're like, "What are you so afraid of?" And that's a question I ask myself a lot. Is change is extremely hard for people. That in and of itself is like you have to have confidence to feel uncomfortable with the change. And I think people sometimes don't believe that they have that within themselves. So they stay complacent in something that makes them unhappy. And to them, that's the norm. When you are coaching your ladies, what do you find is the thing that you come up against the most? Is it that unwillingness to change, that fear of change?
2: Absolutely. I would say that's the number one thing that holds people back, like myself included. We don't like change as human beings. We just don't. It's how it works, you know, that fight or fight kind of response that we have to things. But I think that's one of the biggest benefits you get when you start finding confidence in yourself is that you realize that even if hard changes come up in your life, you're going to be able to handle them. Like you have that knowledge within yourself now. And so, you understand that you can handle it and it's not going to be the end of the world if those changes come. And that is one of the biggest benefits like that you get from going through and finding your own confidence is, yeah, those changes are still scary, but I know that I can handle
1: them. One of my favorite things I have heard recently was from moment to moment, if you stop and you think about it, you have survived every scary or fearful thing that has ever happened to you and you're still alive. And sometimes in moments where I'm like, this is it, this is the big one. And it passes. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I've survived every big, the scariest thing you could think of, the worst thing you could think of. I'm still here. And it's, I think we forget that sometimes that we're still, you're living as you're finding yourself too. And it, it, it initially starts as that hard work and it's every day and it's something you hyper-focus on, but eventually it just becomes natural to you. And I I want people listening to remember that no matter what they're going through, you're still living. Even if you're getting out of bed, putting your feet on the floor, brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, you're still doing life. It might not feel great in that moment, but you're still doing it. And that's something to be extremely proud of.
0: This is not an easy thing that we get to do for whatever it is, like a hundred years to be on the planet. That's it. You get one life. As I tell my kids all the time, make the best of it, make change. Like we are in a place that we can make change. And I think that's really big. Even if the ripple goes and you don't see the waves, eventually you're going to see the waves. You may be somewhere else, but you're going to, you're going to have major impact. So make sure it's a good impact. Make sure that you're realizing how your voice can change somebody else's story 10, 15 years down the line, because it is possible. I see it all the time.
1: Why do you think it's so easy to be confident for others, but not yourself?
2: We are our own greatest enemy. We are the ones that find the littlest things wrong with ourselves and tear it apart. Like, really, we are the hardest on ourselves out of everyone else. So, of course, we're going to see like the greatness in other people, right? Because we get to like, you know, view them from the outside and see all of the wonderful like ripples, right? That they're creating, but we don't necessarily always see the ripples that we ourselves create because we're too busy like internally like freaking out and and over analyzing everything all of the time.
1: (laughs) My therapist tells me my metacognition is so intense. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Metacognition for anybody listening is your analyzation of your thoughts. And I I would venture to put my money on the fact that women probably have the most hyperactive metacognition <laughs> because we're thinking about 15 million things and then we're thinking is that normal do other people think that what's wrong with me should i make that doctor's appointment and it sometimes i think we do it to ourselves <laughs> i think it's it's embedded in us but at a certain point we're just so like it's become such a comfort that i think you turn to it because it's easier than being like no We're not doing this today. It's like a five-year-old. You have to be like, you cannot have ice cream before. you got to eat real food. Can't just keep sucking down coffee.
2: One of the best things that I've done since going through this divorce was I started taking care of my physical health a lot more. And so I started actually going to the gym and now I wait less every day. But that's like one of those things, right? That we as women have a really hard time going to the gym because we go and we're like immediately like, Okay, how's my my clothes look? Is that person like watching me? Like am I doing this lift right? Like all of these things like are running through our heads, right? And everybody else is too focused on themselves to even notice you or care. But internally, like you're freaking out the whole time. So it's like, okay, we have to work through those like cognitive barriers within ourselves and just like kind of push them to the side and be like, nobody cares what I'm wearing. Nobody cares if I'm doing this lift right or not. Like I'm here for myself. And that's what matters. So I just need to put all of that aside and do this for myself for 10 minutes, you know, but we got to go through those cognitive barriers first.
0: I wish there was a button sometimes that like, you could just push it and like thoughts would go away. Cause I know for me, it's just like the continuous thought process that goes on in my head. Like not when I'm doing this, thank goodness. I think it's because I'm in my flow, as Sarah says. But like everything outside of this, if I have a minute to like just be calm on the couch, I'm like, oh, you can't sit here. You have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, F. She'll H, text H, me. Go. Yeah.
1: I'll know. She'll be like, good morning. Yeah. Run down d- for the day. I,
0: down my list. <laughs> I can't help it because my brain works that way. It works A, B, C, D. It needs. I need to make sure that people are there for also following some sort of list. Like, you need to get it done. It's If you're not going to get it done, it's not going to work. Like, that is, I cannot help myself. I wish I, there was, like I said, my husband has been doing this thing recently. He'll poke me in the back and he's like, kill switch. And I just kind of... (laughs) all because I need it sometimes I just need that person to like press my body and to go into some sort of sleep mode because it is it's rough up there I mean I'm sure they're having a party in my brain but man it's a little rough to be on the outside of it sometimes it really is
2: one of my best friends that she's also a life coach gave me some great advice because she was talking to me about like journaling and the power of journaling and how it can like help us kind of unpack all of that like BS that's going on in our heads at all points in time, right? And help us like kind of build our own confidence by understanding like the layers underneath. And I was like, okay, but like, I have an issue with journaling because I can't just like sit down and just start writing. Like there's a million other things going on in my brain. Like, I got lists going on for all the things that I need to do today, like all of this stuff and she was like honestly just start with that like if you just start by like emptying your brain of all of those thoughts first thing in the morning write down every single thing that you need to do that day and then it'll like start naturally transitioning into other things it's like oh well i need to do this this, this oh also this reminded me about this and then this and then this and and, like it just kind of starts unpacking everything in your brain So that you can start from a clean slate. So that's one of my best like things that I do now in the mornings is just do like she calls it a brain dump where you just dump out all of that stuff and clear your mind for the day so that you can enter into a better headspace.
0: I know what
1: I'm doing tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like,
0: (laughs) yes.
1: But and also, too, I think we've got this misconception that journaling needs to be this long, formal format. It can just be bullet points. That's how I journal. I started, I've got like five different books that all have different journal entries. I couldn't pick on a book. So finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do like bullet points and I'm not going to journal every day. Forcing yourself to do something every single day that you don't want to do. And I'm not talking in terms of like, you should brush your teeth, you know, Wash your armpits, like things like that. Yes, absolutely. Force yourself. (laughs) Please do that. But like journaling, right? It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I gotta force myself to journal. Don't do it on the days where you're like, I gotta figure out what this is. It's it's a sticky thought. I don't know what it is. I just gotta get it out. I started doing video journaling, and that was really helpful in kind of hearing myself go through the same one or two things that I was experiencing in terms of anxiety recovery, I was like, I could hear myself saying the same things. And then it started getting to the point where I could hear that kind of switch. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to learn some stuff. And I don't do it as much anymore. So for me, it's really therapeutic and stressful times or in times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but I want to get it out. And then I want to look back on this. I want to have it in the archives. And that's really what it should be. It's like notes for yourself. So no pressure to do this, you know, proper essay you're not in school unless you are and you want to keep practicing and go for it but I think bullet journaling is really that's one of my favorite ways to do it
2: I also say the same thing about like meditation right everybody has like this idea of like what meditation is and it's very formal like you're sitting and you got like ambiance music right and all of this stuff but for me sometimes like my meditation in the mornings is like 15 minutes in a hot shower where it's absolutely quiet. It's just me and my thoughts and I'm relaxing or even like dropping off my son to daycare and the drive back to my home office, like that 15 minutes, like I'll shut off the music in the car and I'll just chill. Cause like that drive is so natural to me. Like my brain doesn't have to be focusing on the drive. It can go and it can start to wander into different areas and kind of, do that too. So, thinking like none of this stuff has to be super formal. It's just creating some intention behind it and putting the time into it that really matters.
1: And also giving yourself a break because thoughts are like clouds, they come and they go. And you have the option to breathe life into a thought or just let it. And sometimes it'll linger and you're like, mm, gross. I don't like this one. But it can still be there, it, but it will it will eventually float by. You know, it might just be hanging out for a little bit. It's easier said than done too. I, we're making it sound like, you know, I, I pop out of bed and I float to my bathroom to brush my teeth and the birds are singing outside. It's sometimes it's like I have to meditate and I'm just like sitting there, like forcing myself to do it. So it's not easy at all. But the willingness, I think, needs to be there. Yeah. And you said intention. And I think that
0: that really matters too. What intentions do you have? I just think that's like the next part of that playing life game, right? It's like setting that intention card and moving forward. Cause without intention, there's nothing, nothing's going to happen. You're going to stay in that same start position from day one.
2: And I definitely have like some high functioning anxiety. So like not chasing those thoughts everywhere is a constant battle for me, but if I have some intention in what I'm doing, I tend to focus in more on the things that matter and less on all of the other things.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's similar. Cause I was diagnosed with GAD, which is generalized anxiety disorder. And I have a history of OCD and depression, and I've been working through anxiety recovery, being present. And it's not even like being present and tuning it all out. Sometimes they're quite literally screaming at you, but you are continuing to focus on the thing that you're doing. And eventually it quiets down and it fades, but it's really hard. I wish more people would be honest about how difficult it is and that there is no herb or pill that's just going to cure you. Like you could still be on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. You still have to do the work. You still have to build your toolkit and goes back full circle. You have to build your confidence in yourself to handle hard and scary things because you can, you just don't realize it in those moments. And so the more you desensitize yourself, the more you expose yourself to the things that make you scared, the more you start to realize, oh, I absolutely can handle this. I'm going to be just fine. And that anxiety passes a much quicker than it had been before. But it's, it's all about building confidence.
2: Well, and that's one of my favorite things that I love to tell people is confidence comes when we start doing things and it us uncomfortable. I love, 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 doing uncomfortable things and like so last summer that was like one of my things was I wanted to challenge myself to do something new every single month so like I learned how to paddleboard I went on this crazy, like, eight mile hike up to the top of a peak here. I spoke in front of a group of women at a women's retreat for the first time ever. I did my first radio interviews. Like, I did all of this new stuff. And it's always, like, so hard when you start out. Like, it, it makes me so anxious I start picking at all those little pieces of me that you know I don't necessarily like or think are going to be bad right or like I'm not going to be able to do this I start like telling myself all of those things but then I have to approach it anyway and I have to break down those barriers to be able to prove to myself that I can do it and so then I come out of it and I'm like hey actually all of those things that I told myself before They were completely untrue because look at me. I just did it anyway. And so it's one of the greatest confidence building tools there is. It's just starting to get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: My kids today in class, we were watching a video on performance art. They're right at the end of their textbook. And they're talking about different types of theater nowadays. So performance art is one of them that they go into. And they're like, listen, yes, it's going to make you uncomfortable like people are up in your space. And sometimes that makes you uncomfortable, but don't just leave, stay and ask yourself, why is this making you uncomfortable? Why are you uncomfortable? Instead of just walking away from the situation. And I always tell this to my acting students, when something makes you uncomfortable, it's usually something that you need to work on. And that's why you're so uncomfortable because your body is like, No, 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 no. But it's actually being like, wait, maybe I need to work on this a little bit. And I I think that's hugely important because I think reveling in that uncomfortability just leads to growth no matter what. You're going to come out the other side saying, I never knew I could do that or wow. I'm so proud of myself and that, like you said, it's one of the best confidence boosting tools because you therefore get to say, wow, look at me, look at what I did. And I survived like we were talking about, right? You didn't die. You're here. You're still here and you're still moving forward. I think that's really a nice thing that 15 year old Emily would have really needed to hear, which brings me to my final two questions of what does women empowerment mean to you?
2: I think it is giving women the power to choose who they want to be and how they want to be so i don't think women empowerment comes in one way like by you know make every woman a ceo kind of thing right not every woman wants to be a ceo some women want to be a stay-at-home mom and that's their greatest goal in life and that is totally okay too like we said earlier that's the hardest job in the world like if you want that like more power to you girlfriend but also if you want to be a CEO, i want to make sure that there's opportunities for you to do that too like i think it's just opening up the opportunities for women to be what they want to be and making sure that we as other women are supporting woman's choice, even if it's different than the one that we would have made for ourselves.
1: My brother told me one time, and it still rings true, and I think it it applies to this, there is no failure in living your life however you choose there's no failure in living a quiet life, you know, whatever that means to you, whatever you want to take out of this. And I think a lot of times as women, there's such a huge pressure being put on us to be a certain way on both ends, right? You have to be the perfect woman or you have to be a radical feminist. Sometimes women just want to sit in the middle. They don't care. They're like, I don't want to be either of those things. I want to go to my job. I want to come home. I want to snuggle with my cat and I want to watch the rain while I drink a cup of tea. Like they don't want the two, you know, being in the front lines, nor do they want to be serving a hot plate to their husbands. And that's, that's okay. And I wish that we would find more balance And I think that's the name of the game is how do you find balance between those and just being able to talk to each other about it. It's like we shouldn't fault specifically fault women for choosing a a very basic, simple life. If that's what you want, that's beautiful. We should be supporting each other in those ventures.
0: Yeah. Well, I also think it has to do with success, right? We like measure success by all of these crazy things. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that you're not successful. It just means that you are successful in your own way. It's the same thing about being confident. It's like, it really drives me crazy just because our podcast or whatever doesn't have as much reach as somebody else's doesn't mean that we're not successful in our own
1: right. We're extremely successful. I mean, I have to remind myself that all the time. I'm like, we are extremely successful in what we have accomplished.
0: Yeah. So I think that's like giving yourself kudos, no matter what path you've chosen or what success or what confidence. It's just like patting yourself on the back sometimes like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, you know what? I'm pretty freaking awesome, man. Look at how
1: far I've come.
0: Yeah, right? Which leads me to my last question of what advice would you give your 15-year-old
2: self? Well, I think this kind of like circles around to like what we were just saying. Find your own measure of success and don't be afraid to change it as you go along. Like you don't have to set this measure of success for yourself and then beat yourself up when you don't achieve it instead you can just change you grow and evolve and all of those things that is one of the hardest questions that I ask the women that I work with and it's like right at the beginning of coaching I'll ask you what success means to you and most of them look at me like I'm crazy like what do you mean what is success to me I mean isn't it money or isn't it you know the clients that I work with or you know the podcast viewers that I have or whatever but success can look so different for so many different people for some people it might be money and that's totally okay but for other people it might be the impact that they have on people and that's totally okay too I think if I could tell myself anything it would just be don't be afraid to make those changes and find your own success in your own way we're all constantly changing and evolving and that's what's great about us we need to be that way. If we were all stuck the same way forever, that would be a very, very sad life.
0: I was just listening to a podcast and they, they made this remark and said like, we as human beings, we will never experience, it might've been our podcast. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It was this morning and I was listening in the car. So I think this is from Sarah's episode of Sync Ups. That thinking is about fantastic. It. She was talking about the idea that as human beings, we all live our own independent lives in our brain. We all have different ideas and our ideas are going to be completely different than somebody else's ideas because we all live in here. And these things, these brains are all different. And it like kind of blew my mind as I was driving and clearly... (laughs) I forgot where I had heard it. So inspired by my own guest. But I think that's like what true beauty is though. Like we're so unique as individuals, as humans, that we literally are all living our life in here. And our our reality is so different than somebody else's.
1: I think let yourself breathe. Don't put your own judgment as another layer of pressure on your shoulders. And kind of going back to the success thing, sometimes success looks like brushing your hair, brushing your teeth and putting on a different pair of clothes than you wore for the last three days. And that is the truth. And I have been there to be able to say, I took a walk around the block today and I made myself breakfast. So- Look at successes, even in the small ones, and stop putting this idea that you have to have the ultimate experience in order to have succeeded in life. You succeeded by waking up and like brushing your teeth. So it's just kind of a side thing I wanted to mention. And in my planner, I put success journal and I do little bullet notes. And sometimes my days look like just me being able to put on a pair of pants and I'm like, success check. And it's helpful because I'll look and I'll be like, look at all these successes. And it could be like the dumbest thing, but it makes me feel better. Looks and it like makes me feel like, I've ac- yeah, I've accomplished something. even <laughs> if was just putting on a pair of pants, you know,
0: hopefully some new underwear too.
1: I mean, listen.
0: Oh no, that's too much
1: TMI. But I'm all out, so
0: I think it's time to do laundry, baby girl. I'm,
1: I'm flying in the wind right now. Well, I had a blast, and I'm hoping you did too. And I loved this conversation. I'm glad it finally got to happen. We know where to find you, but where can our listeners find you? And do you have any fun projects coming up that we should keep our little peepers open for?
2: I'm mostly on Instagram at the Confident and it's got spaces in between the words. You can also so find me on my podcast There's also The Confident Monsignor on Spotify or Apple Pod, which these lovely ladies were on my podcast as well. So if you haven't listened to that one, go and give it a listen. As far as different projects, right now I'm kind of in a transition period in life, you know. <laughs> as we love kind that. Of talked about. So I've been taking a break from most things, but I do have some cool stuff that's going to be coming up here soon. And I am currently dropping episodes of season two on the podcast right now. So you can go and give all of those a listen. You can reach out to me for my confidence coaching program, which is always open. And I love to be able to help moms and women and business owners. So if you hit any of those three, I would love to work with you. And then, you know, always doing speaking events and modeling gigs, whatever. And I usually post those on in my Instagram as
0: well. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like Steph said, it was, this was worth the wait. This was a really amazing conversation, a good way to end my Monday, a, a nice way to end it. I'm already in pajamas. I'm ready to go. But this was the perfect little cherry on top of the Monday, Sunday. Hey, uh. I appreciate you ladies and
2: everything that you guys are doing. So thank you so much for having
0: me on. Of course, make sure to go follow Kiri. Thank you everyone who is listening. Big shout out to Kara, I believe is how you pronounce your name. You gave us a really lovely review. Also. Clearly I got inspired by our own podcast. So please go and listen to Sync Ups with Cycle Chats. If you have not, they are basically mini masterclasses with our guests. They get four little mini episodes each and they're really amazing and inspiring. I mean, clearly. So make sure to go and check those out. We have by that point we'll have two more guests and then we're going to be starting a new special project which is super exciting so make sure to tune into those those get dropped every Saturday thank you again for listening thank you Kiri for coming and hanging out with us and as always we hope you sync up with us next time